Welcome to Don Teeny, episode 98. On today's show, Simone presses her baby up against Walter White. Steffi busts a theologian for being a dick. And the ladies congratulate Japan on their new show, Orgasm Wars. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong, Simone? I'm Dong okay. So... I want to know about the new addition to your family. I can't believe we haven't announced it on Don Pini, the new addition to the Jewish family. But we (laughs) finally got a cat after years of our eight-year-old begging for one. So she actually really wants a puppy. They both do. Like, when Judah was about four, he said, I wish This is the first time hearing about a puppy. They've all... Well, we, we shot that down really, really early. But when, I remember when Judah was four, he said, I wish we had 1,000 wiener dogs in our house. Like, he would say that all the time, Aww. which is a kind of an awesome image for about one second. But um, so we went and got a cat that already had its shots. We're, we just looked for what was free in the area, like on eBay and <laughs> Craigslist and stuff. <laughs> so it would, like, you know, already have all its stuff. And it was going to be put down anyway, basically, is what we were afraid of. So um, we found a cat who is a tortoise shell. It's um, a girl kitty with, you know, toffee-colored and brown speckled tortoise shell fur with a little white tummy and chest. And the kids named her Captain Waffles. So, oh, that is such a great name. Think, thank you. Well, the other night, Lolly said, I want to change her name to Mrs. Sheila. <laughs> I thought that was kind of great. There's no reason she can't. There's no reason she can't call her Mrs. Sheila if she feels she, like she, I mean, she all my cats it. have like t- ten thousand names. Right. You know? Yeah, I think that yeah. that might work its way into the lexicon eventually because it's just too funny. But um, so Cap- I like the other day you told me you asked uh, Judah uh, what Captain Waffles was, was doing. He said, "Oh, she, she's on my bed waffling it up." She's waffling it up. <laughs> They're so sweet with her. It's it's so darling because the first night we got her, um, where I was lying in bed with Judah t- telling him good night, and we had the window cracked and it was raining out, and he loves that so much, listening to the rain when he goes to sleep. And then Captain Waffles mm-hmm. jumped up on the bed, and Judah goes, "Oh, oh, the cat is on the bed. Oh, she's." so cute this is so cozy this is the best decision ever (laughs) it was really precious i know so um judah loves the cat lolly loves the cat i love the cat the only person in the family who does not love the cat is david who is the only i know it's really funny he's the only person i've ever met who doesn't like cats or dogs very much like he'll regard he he holds the animal in regard is kind of how i describe it (laughs) He like, he goes. I respect it. I respect the way it chooses to live its life as long as it just stays out of my way, which is so funny because because of his indifference, she's totally drawn to him. And so every morning yeah. between five and six thirty, she springs up on our bed next to his head, and she goes right when she does it, and he sits bolt upright and goes ah! every single time. And then she goes, 
and lies in the little warm dent he has been making in the bed, you know? And he's like, make it move, make it move. As if it's like a snake or a spider that you don't want to touch or something. <laughs> so I just, so I'm just always laughing. Like, why can't he just pick her up? I, I know, exactly. Like, I came home the other day and I go, why didn't you make the bed? And he goes, because the cat was on it. <laughs> <laughs> understands that part of cat ownership that the cat is in charge and will sleep where it wants and you must work around that so he does hold it in regard enough for my liking yeah very good <laughs> so his, yeah he just entertains me so much i love so much when the cat scares him <laughs> it's just the best thing to me so anyway um, and who's doing all the feeding and the cleaning of the litter box? Because I know you were like, I'm going to be the one that's doing it, which was a, another uh, concern of yours. Yeah, that was a big concern. Um, we've been having the kids alternate, so they're actually pretty good about it. I haven't had to do it in a few days, but um, I'm such a weenie about poop and blood and snot and anything like that. Like, I gag when I'm uh -huh. cleaning out the litter box. Like, I gagged with every dirty baby diaper I ever changed. And I gag with a cat litter. I don't know what my problem is. <sighs> How are you with the litter? I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's only when it's fresh that I have a problem. Uh, but, oh, man, there was this one time where, because Birdsworth had, he kept scooting his butt on the carpet, like, to scratch it. So we thought, well, what's wrong with him? And so he had these little glands that get clogged up. So we took him to the bed, and they, like, expressed these glands, oh. right? So all this disgusting stuff comes out oh of them around the, the anus. Oh, yeah, and oh. this happens quite often. So anyway, but then after we got home after doing that, he st was still doing it. So we're like, well, what's wrong with him? So we called the vet and they're like, yeah, maybe we should check a poop sample. So like I had to try and get a sample of his, but I never knew which cat had done it. So I was like really excited. Every time a cat would come, every time I would hear digging in the litter box, I would be like eagerly running to check it. And then it would be Marnie coming out. Or I'd look and there were like multiple poops and I didn't know who had done it. So I had to like wait. But every time someone would go in there, I was like desperately waiting. And I have to keep cleaning it out so that I knew which one was his. So finally he came out and there was one poop in it and I knew it was his. And Oh, it was just really sad. And I had to like get a plastic bag oh. and like put it inside out and then grab it with my hand and it was still warm and then oh. turn it inside out. Ah. The shit was in the bag. So. <laughs> okay, do you hear that? That's me. That's me coughing. Like gag coughing. I do that constantly. Ah. Okay, it wasn't my favorite event in my life. <laughs> okay, I really liked how you said every time I heard someone digging around in there, I would look and someone would be coming out. Or when I heard someone going into the box. God for them than David does. You apparently do. We, David, David just calls it it. Oh. He doesn't even use a gendered pronoun. Aww. It's so oh, funny. Hey, but he's he's really funny about it. Like he likes the cat. It's a really <laughs> it's really hard to explain it because he doesn't hold it in contempt. He's just oh, he like right. wishes that it would um, be human. I think. It's kind of how it goes. Once we um, had a marriage therapist who had a therapy dog, and the dog was like the sweet chocolate lab, and she was trained to like put her put her little chin on your knee if you're sad, or just kind of come over and offer empathy. And David's <gasps> body language was hilarious. Like he would like, oh, oh like away from the dog. Like, <laughs> what kind of psycho doesn't have an emotional, positive emotional response to a chocolate Labrador? Well, what's interesting about that is like at the same time, like if I had like my lunch in my purse and the dog would be smelling it, our therapist would go, 
grommet, like really disappointed at it. And David's like, it's just a dog, you know, like you can't shame the dog not to smell the meat. So he like cares, he cares about the yeah. dog in that sense. But, right, right, right. So it balanced itself out. Yeah, it's, it's really weird to try to explain it. Like I said, I've never met anyone like him with animals before. It's, it's so strange. So Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, before we get into the meat of the episode... Uh, I wanted to thank listener Jonathan for sending me a gift. He sent me a little gift for Quincy, following up from what we spoke about, I think, in episode 91, maybe, uh, about Muppet Babies, which I was talking about how obsessed I was. So he sent me, like, three plush Muppet Babies that were McDonald's giveaways back in, I guess, the 80s. So, yeah, Aww. so they're for, for Quincy, but they're kind of for me because I love the Muppet He is babies. so nice. He's the one that brought I me the know. dong cake in Grand Rapids. I he know. He's so best. sweet. And he's coming to LA and he's making me a dong cake. It's going to be, I know, it's going to be a sticky toffee dong cake. Oh, numb. Yeah, I cannot wait to get my mouth around that dong. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, so thank you, Jonathan. You're very sweet. But it was really funny um, because they're still in the bag, like from like McDonald's, you know, when you get the the toys. So it has McDonald's on it and Greg's like, what the hell is this? Like he's just disturbed by seeing McDonald's toys in a house. But he didn't look at them that carefully. I'm like, they're Muppet babies. Don't you know what Muppets look like? Because it's like Kermit and Miss Piggy and Fozzie. And then he's like, yes, but not as babies. Oh, that's so funny. He's like, these are, these are inorganic. Yeah. <laughs> Greg's a purist. He was, he was okay with them once he, once he understood. He just saw McDonald's freaked, which is sort of how I yeah. react. So, yeah. yeah. Lately, I've been That's really cr- thinking about getting a, uh, a sundae with um, chocolate and caramel. So, have you ever done that? No. Do they let you? Yeah. If, well, at least in Australia, they did. Bunyan told me about it, but I guess it's like a Mars bar... Um, uh, Sunday, so you get and oh, and the other thing too is to get some fudge or whatever at the bottom as well as the top because you know how, like you finish it all and then you get to the bottom and it's just ice cream, which is really disappointing after having gone through the fudge. So yeah, yeah you is. ask for some at the bottom and then the ice cream, then more on top, and it just takes you through. You yeah, know? So I haven't had one of those probably in like since 2005, but oh, right. Right. <laughs> that is how I I would get it if I had it. So. Yes. Well, here's my thing with McDonald's is that I can't eat there anymore since Super Size Me, but I love their iced coffee. And I'm sure it's chemicals and, you know, everything. Of course, it's like very chemical, but I mean, it's vegetarian, <laughs> I suppose. But you, I mean, I'm sure that it would make a vegetarian puke just having to smell like through the drive through window the inside of a McDonald's. So. Yeah, yeah. Probably Every time Bunyan would co- come home from work when she worked there, I would go, hmm, you smell like hog fat. Oh, <laughs> she worked there. I she did. And this. she was like stand up at the door to my room and my bed was on the other side and I could smell it from across the room. Were you a vegetarian yet? No, it was just gross anyway. I would eat the food she would bring. <laughs> it was still gross then. Yeah. I want to see a picture of her in her McDonald's uniform and listener Jonah in her McDonald's uniform. Oh, yeah. That would be so great. Bunyan, Jonah, hook us up. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk about we are both, I'd say we're fans of Caitlin Moran. Do you think it's safe to say that we are fans? I think that that's highly safe to say. Yes. So, yeah, so we're fans of Caitlin Moran. She says good stuff. She cracks us up. 
and I like following her on Twitter and yeah, and she, you know, I just think she's awesome. And it's thanks to her. Like if it were not for her, I wouldn't, I wouldn't identify as a feminist because I read, like, I kept not doing it because it's, you know, it's just, you know, you hate the negative. Mm-hmm. browbeating over the top feminist and man-hating kind and she made me realize oh you know it's not about that just because some people have taken it to that extreme so yeah. I was like okay then I guess I am because I care about all the things that feminists should care about so I'm on board and I've been on board for I guess a year now so anyway uh, listener Eugene told me about this but uh, and I looked it up but there was this letter to open letter to Caitlin Moran and this is this is just more of the same shit where you're on the wrong side. You're just taking the easy way out and ganging up on people that aren't aren't really threats, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, so there was an interview with Caitlin on uh, NPR, and she said, uh, "So here's a quick way of working out if you're a feminist." And this is also in the book. A. Do you have a vagina? And B. Do you want to be in charge of it? If you said yes to both, then congratulations, you're a feminist. Okay, so yeah. that's the quote. Pretty straightforward. So this person writes, my first problem with the assertion is that, well, I'm a woman and a feminist. I also lack a vagina. You seem to be using has a vagina as shorthand for woman. And that strikes me as horribly sexist. (laughs) It was alienating to hear that sentiment from a feminist consciousness raising session. And it made me feel as if I'm not welcome in the conversation. As if my input isn't welcome in the struggle to maintain and expand reproductive rights. It's like she didn't say you are only a feminist if you have a vagina. She did not say that. She was trying to help people like me identify that they do actually qualify when we think we don't. That's what she was trying to say. Does everybody have to state every single possibility to include everybody to like be okay and PC? Fuck this shit. This is what I'm talking about. My friend Kevin will say, he identified it really well, and his partner, Jason, I think they both kind of came up with this together. They go, it's the inconsolable, humorless feminists that make things so much worse and more difficult for the whole movement. (laughs) I think that's a good way of putting it. Because the inconsolable thing makes me... Is the, is the feeling I get, like, nothing can make this person happy unless you absolutely pretzel for them and say it exactly how they said to say it, and they have yes. no kind of benefit of the doubt on their side towards what your intentions were. And yeah. um, the humorless thing is, a, a, as you know, that <laughs> it's, that's what we like about Caitlyn. I think that's what, like, really attracted us to her flavor yeah. of feminism, her brand of feminism, is that she's not humorless. Like, she's really freaking hilarious. And so... Yeah. Um, that's and she's just a so really much like us, too, just in her musical tastes and her... I think, like, we could just both really, like... You know, she was just a lot like us, so we could really relate to her yeah. in just nearly every way. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. But, um, I mean, that's what the problem is. If you're trying to, if you're trying to win a battle, you want to recruit as many people as yeah. possible. And if you can't even recruit the people who share your cause because you're being such a dick, like you lose out on people like us. You know what I mean? Who are like, well, I, I don't want to be part of that. It's like you need to get your troops in order before you can actually win the battle. And if you can't even get your troops in order, you're fucking it up. You know? Yeah. So, oh, it's yeah. really annoying, really frustrating. Well, you saw that. You saw the article recently where a bunch of, I think it was celebrity women saying, well, I don't identify as a feminist because, you know, they seem to think that the word had negative connotations, which yeah, I can understand. Yeah, like Madonna, Lady Gaga, all these like people yeah. you would think that, yeah. you know, are really important for women don't even want to call themselves that because 
it's like it would be distracting from anything that they that they are trying to say, you know. Yeah. So. Well, well, I don't think Madonna's any great representation, but you <laughs> well, know, I know that <laughs> that you know that it is, she's held in a certain regard. It's like she doesn't want to mix that up with feminism because feminine has such a bad reputation, you know. And yeah. I know there's a lot of inflated, you know, ideas about what feminism is caused by people who are like kind of trying to squash it. But you know, we get mixed up with those people. You know, you get all that crap from those people. So it's not as though you just heard it on Fox News. It's like, no, yeah. those people are coming after you and attacking you because you said tranny, you know? It's, yeah. Well, this it's week, um, I've been calling out guys in the on the Stuff Christian Culture Likes feed, well, from my Stuff Christian Culture Likes Twitter. I've been calling out Christian guys who are saying, that women does you know need to be in these roles they, they talk about gender roles and they talk about complementarianism which is what christians and i think some of the jewish traditions um is what they call basically sexism and misogyny where the women have a certain role and the men have a certain role and they complement each other but it's not equal it, it, they say we're equal but different and i'm like if you have to say equal but then you're not really equal and so yeah. there's this guy who's in his 20s and he wrote a bit his name's tyler braun at tyler braun b-r-a-u-n hilariously ironic last name by the way because he's like kind of waving his dong around and he goes he told me he goes he goes you're perpetuating a false of the false dichotomy by saying that that i'm broing down with people because people were like like the haters are going to hate bro and he goes thanks bro i appreciate it so i just started retweeting all that <laughs> and right. um, he goes you're you're creating a false dichotomy stephanie and i go no tyler i'm exposing the false dichotomy and then right. my my friend sean nelson he's the singer from harvey danger do you remember that song from american pie no. or whatever they have a no, anyway, like it's around like 2000 or something like that song was everywhere and so he he tweeted at him and he's like he goes it's really disingenuous to talk about the false dichotomy towards someone that you want to be submissive to you and i was like yes i love that the guy from harvey danger just called called out tyler braun because you know tyler braun loves that song <laughs> that one song <laughs> but that was kind of fun like they were yeah, people were coming out of the woodwork, and I'm like, you know what? In order to be taken seriously sometimes, I have to use a male pseudonym on the internet, or I have to ask my guy friends to say something, because they will not yeah. listen to me if I'm trying to say something if, with my voice, with my gender. So and I'm I like, think this it's, is a big people problem. don't believe that you need to do that. Even women will think it's not that bad, surely. Exactly. But, but people who switch around and, and, you know, really get involved and try and be heard as women start to realize that because didn't wasn't there somebody who had to change they 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 were testing how their comments were received when posting as a man versus as a woman and it was it was regarded very differently and and it's like yep. you've said before it's that you know patriarchy is just sort of ingrained in all of us so that people who don't even have that ill intent will end up sort of submitting yeah. to that and and, and you know re responding to things in certain ways so and that's the kind of thing you, if you just accept that it's like okay this is just kind of how we all ought go on autopilot and react to things so let's move on from there and try and acknowledge it and overcome it but if you come in attacking people it's going no 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 i don't no i don't no i don't you know it's just not yep. going to get you anywhere exactly <laughs> yes <sighs> so totally so totally. <laughs> <laughs> you summed it up so well. Wait, to sound like a stupid woman, Stephanie. So totally. <laughs> That's really awesome. Whatever you just said, yeah. That was hella cool. <laughs> now you mentioned.
mentioned, there was some controversy with Caitlin Moran and Lily Allen. What's the deal with that? Yeah, well, I don't know. Have you seen the new Lily Allen video? Um, it came out this week or last week or something, but um, it starts out with her like in an operating room and the doctors are going, gosh, how could you let yourself get this way? Like, you know, they're clearly doing some kind of plastic surgery. She's like, well, you know, I had two babies and blah, blah, blah. And the, 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 the doctors are the voice of the patriarchy, the industry. They're <laughs> saying, well, you're never going to blah, 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 sell records again. So the video goes on to where, you know, she's dancing around and singing and then there's, you know, fancy car in the background and then African-American women dressed skimpily, scantily clad, dancing around, as is the stairs, as is, you know, actually, she's parodying what the truth is, what reality is. But a lot of feminists are very angry at her for doing that. And Caitlin Moran expressed support for her. She's like, no, you know, Lily's being ironic. And, oh, I saw so many, so many feminists on Twitter get pissed about that. They're like, Caitlin Moran, oh. That's so irresponsible for her to say. And I'm kind of like, well, I mean, I I can understand how (laughs) I'm not, I'm not a racial minority, so I don't know what it's like for them. And I want to give them space to feel that. And I want to give Lily space to try to be ironic and funny and and to have the best of intentions, which I really think she, she might have had. So um, that's another slippery slope, but it was another instance where it's so funny how angry those feminists got when it seemed that if they had been a little bit more generous in their approach then maybe some more headway would get made with this issue so yeah well you get absolutely nowhere with anybody starting out like that you know and that's just sort (laughs) of a a fact so and again it's like we talked about last episode um as greg had mentioned it's just cowardice to go after people who are more or less on your side even if they don't do everything exactly the way you want it you know so yeah why go after them? Go after somebody who's like causing a serious problem. It's seriously trying to oppress women instead of, instead of getting all up in arms about a Lily Allen video and what her intent was and anyone who, you know, excuses it or sees it differently than you do. It's just fucking annoying. Yeah, it makes me think that they're not really interested in the cause. It makes me think they just want to shame people and yeah. to, to feel better about themselves. Is yeah, I think they get some kind of power out of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost like this is a new, a new challenge before feminism can actually be dealt with. Is dealing yeah. with feminists who are ruining everything. I so. know. Well, it's funny because I read a Susan Sarandon quote today where she said, "I call myself a humanist before I would call myself a feminist, just because I don't because a lot of people associate feminism with strident bitches," <laughs> is what she yeah. said, which I understand. You know, so yeah. that's another. Yeah, it's interesting. Is this all actually humanism? I think that could be closer to, you know. I think it it doesn't really go with the definition of of humanism. Um, But I think that, uh, yeah, it's like I'm sort of like, I wouldn't say to somebody I was trying to explain something or point something out to that I was a feminist. I wouldn't say it because I just think that automatically puts a wall up. So I would just talk about it like, and that's how it should be anyway. It's like, my ism doesn't have to matter. It's like, let's look at the facts here and what's right and what's wrong about the situation. Just the ism shouldn't really count. It's just merely an identifier, but we shouldn't need it to discuss what's going on. Yeah, a lot of connotations with that and then people get on the defensive, so. It's totally... 
Now, switching from vaginas, I understand um, a theologian was a dick over the past week. Oh my god, he was such a dick. Okay, there is this guy <laughs> who I really I like what he writes. He's a professor at Calvin College at Presbyterian School in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That I talked to. His name is James K. A. Smith, and uh-huh. he's written you know books that are awesome about you know community and social justice and. Um, he, he's just rad but then he gets on Twitter and he's done this before he gets on Twitter and he's just an asshole so um, my mm. friend Rachel Held Evans she writes you know she's kind of this left leaning um, you know she's LGBTQ affirming Christian who's right. you know kind of well well known in those circles and so she tweeted at Calvin College she's like oh I you know I'm really glad that you guys are doing a publication for stories of the gay community um, at Calvin you know, very nice job. Um, and, and she said, I've got your back. And then she did a smiley uh-huh. face. And so James K.A. Smith replied to her and he said, I think we can handle this, Rachel Held Evans. You can play savior slash martyr elsewhere. Oh, oh that my is gosh. Nasty. I was like so angry. I was shaking. I was like, my eyeballs were quivering. I'm like, this guy has written these books called Desiring the Kingdom and Imagining the Kingdom and Speech and Theology. And then he gets on there and does that. And uh, so um, she just did a Storify, which is that website where you just like put your tweets, you know, the tweets in the timeline in order they happen so that people can kind of read them more easily and just like oh I didn't know, know about that on the webpage it's kind of fantastic I, I used uh-huh. it when I um, drunk tweeted through that Christian movie Blue Like Jazz uh-huh. <laughs> um, that was super fun I should do something like that again anyway um, so she did that and then Jamie Smith this James K. Smith guy was mad he's like oh well you took me out of context you know that doesn't show the context and we're like hi it's Storify <laughs> the whole thing is like right there yeah so Bullshit. It, what context I, is there to see that through? I don't I don't understand I it. It was not she was just saying like, you know, she's like behind them and supporting them and looking out for them and he came through that yeah. I think we've got this you know he was really shutting her out. That was I, there's no other way to so read that. It was so uncalled for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's nuts because he studied under John Caputo, who was this um like rad he's like, you know, in this 60s or 70s this theologian but he's all about deconstructionism where you uh-huh. you know take apart preconceived notions so you can kind of put them back together in a more organic way like um like peter rollins studied under him or, or is a fan of his mm-hmm. or something where he's like you know you want to take away your beliefs you want to like like get under be willing to let go of your christianity or whatever your belief system is that you were raised in so that you can figure out what you truly believe you know so you know, Jamie yeah. Smith will write books that support this, and then he goes and behaves like that. And I'm like, yeah. why, why? And as far as I know, he hasn't apologized. So, wow. Um, maybe I could start a new segment about theologians being dicks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what could the sound effect be if Facebook Watchdog has the the dog barking? <laughs> Boing. <laughs> So, speaking of dicks, there is a new Japanese game show Uh called Orgasm Wars. Orgasm Wars? That is the name. And it's on late night Japanese television. Uh And what they do is they have straight men come on the show and say, you know, make a statement like, 
I am not going to let this gay guy make me come. And the gay guy's like, oh, I will make you come. What? And so... <laughs> I'll post a clip at dongtini.com. This was on Huffington Post. Um, it's still not suitable for work, but it's like not, you know, super glaringly pornographic. But yeah, don't open it at work, okay? So I know. Okay, so there's like a little booth that they go into, except it only covers like, you know, the swimsuit area. Uh-huh. Um, show me on the doll where the Batman touched you. <laughs> yeah, and so um, the gay guy will like kneel in front of it, and there's like little curtains there. And so I won't tell you what happened, but there's like a 10 minute clip that I'll put at dongtini.com. I just want to like pause right now and watch this. Like, my mouth is just a game this whole time. <gasps> I know. I, I, know. I can't um, even just. Listener Dan. Um, yeah, a listener sent it in, Dan Bailey. He's a drummer, and he's he's like, do I get some kind of award? I think so. This is the most Dongtini related thing that I've ever seen in my life. The first episodial Dongtini Dong Award goes to Dan Bailey. We've also had some great dong submissions for that um, that church that was shaped like a dong, which you can only tell from, oh my gosh, from seeing it overhead. And then they got all defensive. It was like, we, were, we didn't imagine it being seen from overhead. But I say that's bullshit because when you build something, you look at a fucking floor plan from above. You have blueprints. Yeah. I know. They had to have known. To oh, have known. maybe the architect like was anti-Scientology or whatever church that was, and so he's like, Haha, and he let it go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> he let it be dong. He let it be dong. <sighs> um, now, I wanted to follow up on something that I mentioned last week, which was following up last week, last episode, and something following up from the episode before that. But I had talked, we were both talking about, oh my gosh, that was back in July. We were talking about oh. how we didn't like thongs. And then by the time it came out, it was only about five weeks after that. <laughs> In the follow-up episode, um, after that came out, listener Jonah uh, commented that she uh, didn't agree. Because, I, yeah, I said thongs were stupid. And she says, I like thongs because of they prevent visible panty lines, also known as VPLs. And that's a common argument uh, for thongs and whatever reason you want to wear a thong that's fine but that is <laughs> utter bullshit okay <laughs> so um, so yeah if you post uh, yeah there's a I think I posted it on dongtini.com which I found after the last episode where I mentioned what Jonah had said I posted a picture of uh, various examples of VPL yeah. and it was a mixed bag of uh, of regular underwear and thong underwear all causing VPL <laughs> so yeah so whatever reason you want to wear a thong fine but VPL is not a reason like I said your butt is just we can see where it ends and your butt bare butt begins so yeah let's be honest with ourselves and and get this so while I was searching for that and I found another picture of, of a of a of a VPL with a thong and I clicked on it and it was the one picture at the top of the Wikipedia page for panty line oh. so it's just like if there was a dictionary definition yeah. of panty line it was illustrated by a thong so it was just right yeah. there and it was a thong <laughs> Oh, so stupid yeah. because the whole point of thongs is supposedly no VPL. And so that's just like utter, complete, total fail, epic fail yeah. on their part that it made it to One the, of the, reason to the is VPL. There. Next, page. anybody? <laughs> yep. 
so tough titties. <laughs> we'll leave the tits out. Um, so um, I didn't mention this last time, or maybe it hadn't happened when we last recorded, but so after the last episode of uh, maybe three, two or three weeks after the final episode ever of Breaking Bad, but um, we were at a party and we got to meet Brian Cranston and Vince Gilligan was there too and we met him too and they both met, met, met baby Quincy and we have a photo of, of Brian Cranston and baby Quincy and yes. me because I just happened to be wearing him in the baby carrier so I guess I had to be in it too it's just really great having a baby like oh would you mind taking a picture with me and with, uh, taking a picture with my baby and I, I'll just have to be in it too thanks <laughs> no it was great so, like as soon as you posted it everyone's like oh it was so great yeah. I loved your comment like I can't believe you got a picture with the dad from my Malcolm in the middle <laughs> as if that's why everyone was flipping exactly. out <laughs> but I know um, a few months ago you were um, you were uh, everyone's been saying to you everyone thanks to everybody everyone who likes Breaking yeah. Bad is like oh my god you gotta watch Breaking Bad you gotta watch Breaking Bad and to everyone who doesn't watch it or hasn't watched it yet is kind of sick of it. She's like, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. It's the best show ever. Got it. But um, we can't even stress it enough. Like, we're just kind of, like, flapping our hands and freaking yeah. out. And so you were, you were, like, afraid to watch it because you had, like, sort of meth sadness. But you've been watching it while you're at the gym. So how is that going? It's going really well. Um, but I'm, I'm in season two, a few episodes in, and um, Tuco just got taken out. Spoiler alert. And um, his granddad or his uncle, who's original gangster, was just questioned using the bell because he won't talk. And he's so OG that instead of talking, he shit his pants. And that was <laughs> really, really satisfying for some reason. So Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I, I super love it. Uh, and it's, Excellent. you know. Yeah, it's nuts. It's, it's like tons of adrenaline. So it's good for the gym. Yes, but. yes. Oh, and there's so much more to come. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah, glad yeah. you're on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know I was chatting with another listener and they were saying something about you watching. I'm like, Stephanie won't watch it. And the more people tell her to watch it, the less likely she is to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, God. It is. That's why I was like, I thought we'd pass the point of no return. I'm like, she's heard it too much. She's going to be like, fuck you all. <laughs> Well, after I get through this, um, I'll have to get through The Wire. I haven't even seen right. The Wire, but that's a, that's the other show. The people are like, oh, you haven't seen The Wire. Yeah, yeah. I think Breaking Bad is more, probably more your speed than The Wire. Really? But The Wire is still really amazing. But um, okay. I had to, I was so embarrassing, but we had to like watch The Wire with subtitles because we couldn't understand them half the time. Well, All that street What's talk. the accent? Baltimore? Is it in Baltimore? Baltimore, but just, yeah, you know, drug dealers on the streets of Baltimore. Just you couldn't understand? Ghetto, ghetto accents that I could only understand, like, you know, maybe 60% oh, so off. Awesome. So it's like, probably could have got through without it but it was just easier to have that there so it was no, just that's, all clear I mean, that's how i am too with a lot of Brit- not every british movie but um like all like lock stock and two smoking barrels like i had to watch that with subtitles i was like what is going on i don't understand one word of this so yep um yeah yeah i think it's well, okay. on the subject of movies from that region yeah. um and this one being from scotland from scotland um <laughs> 
A few nights ago, I watched uh, Train Spotting. Have you seen it? Oh, I'm, okay. I hadn't seen it since the theater, but I watched it like two weeks ago. What? On Netflix. I, I haven't yeah. seen it since, since the theater either. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> That's what you just said. It, yeah, because I loved it in the theater, but it was a little over my head at the same time. I was like really traumatized yeah. by that toilet scene. That was a big thing. I do. Yes. I was. I was not traumatized. I was hugely impacted by the you and Wiener scene. So that has really stayed with me, and I've really. Oh been... yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> surprised how many scenes from that were like burned into my memory from seeing it one time right i know <laughs> like yeah, him pulling so. the, the, the the condom off his cock i was like yep that is like been burned in my brain for 17 years i can't believe that we both watched it like in the theater and that's... then again on netflix like within a week or so of each other like, yeah that's really strange yeah um, yeah without and discussing it all it since the theater either so none of us wow. knew each other and we're, we were all in very yeah. different parts of the world when we saw it in the theater and then we all just saw it again yeah. on netflix yeah i just wanted to see it because i kept seeing the posters for it, it was kind of had that pulp fiction yeah. effect on me where it's like i don't know what this is but this just looks like it will be awesome because they mm-hmm. had posters in all in the train station when i would go into the city and back when i was i guess i was 18 or else i wouldn't have been able to get in to see it but mm-hmm. yeah and i was just i would see um johnny lee miller as sick boy where i didn't know who he was i was just like who is that guy i Delicious. need to see this movie with that guy because yeah he just was so hot in the poster and, and you're more of a Ewan mcgregor girl is that right yeah i, I like them both but that was like my big thing with you and and then i i got upset at johnny when he married angelina jolie you remember that yeah i so, I, I think i knew about it after the fact okay so, yeah he fell off my radar yeah. a little bit after i figured that out but yeah i think he kind of fell off my radar after he wasn't looking like sick boy anymore <laughs> <laughs> but um but anyway so i was watching it and i kind of realized really something go he really let himself go by letting his natural boy. hair color grow out <laughs> But yes, I was watching it, and you know that scene where they're, um, Uh-oh. uh, they are, <laughs> they're, they're on that, like, days and days bender of, you know, taking yeah. heroin, and, like, they don't even know how many days have gone by, and there's that baby crawling around, uh, and yes. then, yeah, and then, you know, find, then Renton kind of wakes up out of his haze, and she's, the woman is running around screaming, and they finally go in and see that the baby is just blue and dead in the crib uh-huh. because they've just neglected it. So, and I remember that really, really, like, hurt my heart when I saw it when I was 18, you know. But, um, which is interesting, because, you know, because, like, last year when when Sandy Cook happened, um, I remember Jen Kirkman, I think she was kind of, because people were saying things like, oh, I remember, uh, uh, sorry, because people were saying things like, you know, it's so much harder for people who have kids than you know yeah. knowing about it all these people are unconnected with it and I think she felt sort of like that it was devaluing how much people without kids cared but yeah. even though I was pregnant at the time but I didn't have a kid so I didn't have that I have a kid to protect kind of feeling yet And yeah. uh, but I thought no I think if you had a kid you'd definitely feel like oh my god what if that was my kid like it's actually putting a person in that position that you can like mm-hmm. feel the terror of losing it so so um and yeah and since i've had quincy like i'm really totally feeling that shift like against because because of her saying that me thinking about that like i can feel being on both sides of it and the different feelings so when i saw that in the movie the other day i was like oh my god i just want to go and like grab quincy and never let go of him yes. like ever because i was just no. like i don't want anything to ever happen to him you know so it was oh, it was just like i'm just realizing how that's changed in me just yeah yeah because you know people absolutely. say those things and you're like yeah whatever but once you're in it you feel it oh so 
yeah, it was almost too much because obviously I didn't have a kid. And it was so fake. I don't think it even affected me probably as much as you when I saw it in the theater. Yeah, that's the because thing. The baby's like the fakest fake thing ever. Baby. Yeah. It's <laughs> ridiculous. It's like, like such a doll. <laughs> I mean, it looks even faker to me now because technology is generally so much better at that sort of thing. Whatever I mean, it's so fake. It doesn't even it. seem like they're trying to make it look real. You yeah. know, like when it's crawling on the ceiling when he's yeah. he's having his withdrawals and freaking out and it was making noises and the, like the exact noises that Quincy makes right now going, oh. and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Not my baby. So. Oh, yeah. No, I totally understand. Oh, that's yeah, but so it's nuts. nice to see, be able to recognize those kind of shifts in yourself. Hmm. Just, yeah. So yeah. And as far as Jen Kirkman, like, I totally empathize with her. You know, because oh, yeah. she totally has kids in her life. Like, people who don't have their yeah, own yeah. children, like, still have nieces and nephews and friends' kids that they totally, really love. Totally, totally. So, um, and so I think it's a shitty thing for a parent to say, well, you don't understand because you're not a parent. Like, even yeah, though, yeah. Even though they I think can't, they were I, saying that. They were just saying they felt it yeah. more, which I, I okay. tended to agree with. Yeah. Okay, then, yeah. Yeah, I think that that really can't be disputed, but... At the same time, if I didn't have kids, though, I think I would still feel slighted in some way. (laughs) I don't know how that works, but... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm just one of those inconsolable bitches (laughs) who wants to be offended. (laughs) It's been a while since we had it. Probably a while simply because we don't record as often as we used to. Yeah. But I have another installment of... So, it was a dong in the news. I've got the Yay. news. Yay. <laughs> I'm not going to read the. <laughs> I'm not going to read the the headline. I'm just going to read the article. Okay. So it'll okay. soon reveal all, and it will, okay. in more ways than one. <laughs> Let's hope those orange jumpsuits have a lot of breathing room. William oh. Gibb. William Gibson, 50, allegedly exposed himself outside a Goodwill store in Jensen Beach, Florida earlier this month, then claimed he was airing out his penis, TC Tom reported Friday. <laughs> what a great reason. It's very moist and sticky down there, from especially in Florida. <laughs> oh, of course it was in Florida. <laughs> well, I mean, they would be this... more humid there anyway, so, you know, it wouldn't yeah, be more it would airing need some out. air, but the air would still be all damp. I'm not going to say true. the M word. Um, <laughs> Moist. It just makes Sorry. me think, though, of, of that Seinfeld episode where she goes, he took it out. And Kramer That's goes, right. sometimes it needs some air. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It wasn't like he just took it out and did nothing with it. It was just out. I know. In my interpretation of what she described. Like, What's up? <laughs> Anyway, the article continues. Gibson allegedly first stuck his hand down his pants and smelled his oh. fingers before dropping his drawers. Oh, oh. <laughs> sick. Then, according to a witness statement obtained by T.C. Palm, all of a sudden, Gibson just pulled down the front of his underwear to oh. expose his genitals, fluffing uh. them. <laughs> so it sounds like he was doing the motions, if he was doing the fluffing motion to actually oh, air it out. fluffing? Yeah. A witness called sheriff's deputies who say Gibson stated he was arrested merely for airing his airing out his penis. <laughs> merely. What penal code is that under? <laughs> Good one. Um, let's see. Uh, 
He was charged with lewd or lascivious exhibition, get this, in the presence of the elderly. I didn't know that was a thing. That you could specifically offend the elderly and it was like a separate crime. If anyone could take that, it would be the elderly. They have lived too long to be that shocked by anything. Exactly. I don't want people treating me like that when I'm old. I can handle a good dong. Or a, or a oh, you know, so dong that needs airing out. I'm up for that. Oh my god! No, no more, no less than I am today. I mean, come on. <laughs> I think that's actually insulting to the elderly. Yeah, it kind yeah. of is. Yeah, in the presence of the elderly. Anyway, so it closes with, this isn't the most outlandish excuse alleged flashes have given. In February, police officers said a man caught masturbating behind a convenience store told them he was only exposed because his pants had shrunk. (laughs) Creative. Yeah, yeah. I just like, I'm imagining imagining them just sort of shrinking like right there, you know, behind the convenience store. It's like, I, I don't know what happened. They fit me this morning and then I got here and they just... They just shrunk and now my cock is <laughs> Anyway, and last year a man accused of masturbating in public decided to prove he was really just scratching a rash by whipping out oh. his testicles oh. to show the rash oh. to cops. The craziest oh. thing about this excuse was that it actually worked. Oh, gross. I don't, I have the worst visual right now of, of a testicular rash in the frontal lobe of my brain. Oh, gross. Oh. <laughs> testicular not okay. How bad was it for the cops to believe him, you know? I know, right? Oh. He had to do what he had to do, and he got off. <laughs> Sometimes it needs some air. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, I understand there's a new law you want to uh, tell us about. <laughs> yeah, this one, it's a little self-explanatory. It could be just the headline, Grapes of Rad style. Uh-huh. The whole story is pretty much summed up in the headline. Uh-huh. <laughs> New bill in California would require porn actors to wear safety goggles. <laughs> it sounds like the it end. sums it up, but I mean, how could it? How could that tell? No. That can't tell me anything. Well, I mean, it's. It, 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 how could it be what it sounds like? That just, just sounds absurd. Well, <laughs> yeah, the article just goes on to say that, you know, porn actors are mad about this, and the state is like, oh, this would keep them safer. So, this is what. Is all the more entertaining to me is to imagine the scenario yeah. which would require goggles to be worn. <laughs> well, it's just so preposterous that when, I mean, yeah, I understood the words that you said, but the idea yeah, of yeah. actually creating porn that people wearing goggles in, that's where I'm like, there need, must be something different than what it sounds like, because that doesn't fucking make it I, I think it's what, I like to pick, I'm picturing like, like welder's masks that have like a a big flat clear screen over their whole face that kind of they slide up on top of their head like a garage door move you know (laughs) that's what i'm picturing (laughs) futuristic yeah gosh i'm just like now i'm picturing a scene where you know like you've got to really incorporate it and run with it now so there's just a scene of you know somebody jerking off and then they just splatter across the across the goggles like just just make it part of the part of the one or you could do one shot from in behind the goggles where you just see the 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 sperm oh, just splash totally onto the point onto of view the, yeah 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 hot yeah Insanity! Who the fuck is gonna want to watch that porn? Oh my god! These people don't wear any clothes, but they're gonna be wearing goggles. 
exactly. That's crazy. Gosh. Well, we are just about to wrap things up, but I want to close with some, I find it, exciting news. But uh, oh listeners in the past, and I think you as well, Stephanie, have been fans of my my reviews that I write on Amazon, that I write in earnest and sincerely. And, um, and I'm an my earnest and sincere fan of your reviews on Thank Amazon. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, yeah, and I wrote that letter <laughs> to the to the chocolatier about that chocolate that yes. fell up, broke apart and went caramelly all over my hands. Anyways. My um, name is Simone and I'm just, I'm not some ham-fisted oaf, okay? That's right. <laughs> that is right. I am not. It was the bar's fault, not mine. <laughs> it was. dainty hands. I saw those that chocolate again in Whole Foods and I didn't get it because of that. And they never wrote back. Still. <laughs> That chocolate bar never wrote me back, so I'm not buying it now. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, so I don't know if I ever read on the show. I don't think that I did. But I wrote a review about uh, these Kirkland uh, drawstring trash bags that we had. Uh-huh. And, um, and the title of the review was called, My Life is Being Measured by This Endless Roll of Trash Bags. <laughs> wrote this in earnest and just quietly put it up and it was just sitting there for a while and then uh, and Greg and I were talking about reviews and then he I think he was looking at my reviews and then he saw that and he didn't even know about it and he loved it so much because these Kirkland bags they just the drawstring didn't work at all like you'd pull it and they wouldn't the bag wouldn't come together and close and there were 200 really? of them yeah so that's why I was like my life is being measured because it was just it was endless it was fucking endless so that's why I wrote this shitty review anyway so Greg liked it so much that he was inspired by it and so he recorded a song a neil hamburger song um called endless roll and it's mostly using uh, words from my review he changed some to make it work as a song but it's the essence is my review my life is being measured by this endless roll this endless roll my life is being measured by this endless roll Endless roll, this roll of terrible bags, two hundred terrible bags. These bags infuriate me to no end, to no end. So, <laughs> oh my God. so oh my I'm God. really excited and proud that my review has been turned into a song, and so uh, oh, he's been I'm working so on it in the studio. Um, this past week so um yeah that'll be released at some point and i look forward to oh sharing God. it yeah i am so excited i love neil hamburger's country winners album yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it so much um recycle bin has got to be my favorite song oh there. yes but i also like Jugtown. yes there's a few deep cuts that there um are. I should go back and listen to, but because I remember the kids were—I think Judah was like six when that came out—and uh-huh. I had it in the car, and um, I had, you know, the volume was on full blast, and it was in the middle of that song when I turned it on. And he goes, "Not everything goes in the recycle bin, you stupid pricks." <laughs> and Judah goes, "Stupid pricks from the backseat." <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. <laughs> Whoops! That's the only song Whoops. that's wearing on it. Such a good song. Well, it's um, very practical. I can take all that advice to heart. 
I know. I feel really bad because I, I don't know all the words as well as you do. So I'm always asking Greg what does go in the recycle bin. And I had a real problem with, you know, the, um, like the foil containers that like shelf milk comes in, you know, yeah. those cartons. And um, I guess any cartons as well. But I could not ever remember whether they could be recycled or not. And Greg would, I would ask Greg all the time and he would tell me and I would never, ever remember. So then I just started leaving them on the counter because I, I didn't know what to do with them and I didn't want to put it in the wrong thing. So anyway, then one day I, I was emailing my IT guy about something and then he, about the, to do with the company website and he wrote back and said, did you try this? I'm like, I forgot to check that. I always forget to check that. It's one of those things I can never remember, like how I can never remember if milk cartons are recyclable. And then he wrote back and said, answered my thing and he's like, and milk cartons are not recyclable. And then I remembered it ever since. <laughs> how are they not recyclable? But I think because they're waxed they're and coated. Yeah, but they're oh. waxed and coated, so I think that's why. But I couldn't ever remember it until our IT guy said it. And I was like, okay, and I told Greg, I'm sorry that it took somebody else, but I finally know it now. <laughs> He's like, I'm just glad you know. <laughs> so like that song is written from the heart. It really was, and that yeah. might be what's so genius about it. I yeah. love that song. Yeah. <laughs> he also has police's out our apartment building recycle bin. People actually put his life was turning into a recycle bin because people actually put fucking chicken bones in it. <laughs> oh, no way. What about, yes. well, these are other things in the song. A sugar-free birthday cake? A stillborn kitten? <laughs> Tell me neither of those were, or at least the kitten no, weren't in the recycle no, bin. I not that I know of, but yeah. <laughs> I would have heard about it. <laughs> well, anyway. On that note, listener, thank you so much for listening. Please visit dongtini.com for any bonus material. If you're planning on buying something on Amazon, please go to dongtini.com and click on the little Amazon link and then make your order after that and we'll get a kickback. Or if you weren't going to buy anything on Amazon, you can always just hit the collection plate and make a donation. So uh, that'll do it until next time, whenever that is. I think we're going to get to 100. Huh. So we got, we'll get this out and then I'm going to Australia and then two more by the end of the year. I think it can be done. So we shall see. Anyway, so until next time, bye, Stephanie. Bye, Simone. Bye. Not everything goes into the recycle bin. You stupid pricks. You can't recycle styrofoam or a potted plant artichoke waste you cocksucker fucker motherfucker stop tainting the waste stream with pieces of wood and old underwear what are you you gonna recycle those into huh assholes
follow the instructions. You're not uh, five-year-old children. It's doctors and lawyers doing this. It's extremely irresponsible. It's pathetic.